Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Skeptic Hangout, the place where we sit back, relax, and chit-chat about intriguing and sometimes controversial topics through the lens of skepticism. I am Laura from Unapologetically Me, and I have with me Richard from the Skeptic Takeout. Today, we are going to be discussing billionaire philanthropism. So grab your English tea or your spiced vanilla chai latte and join us as we talk about what rich guys do with their money and whether or not it's anyone else's business. This is episode 53, Billionaire Philanthropism. Okay, so I started off with that introduction because as I'm thinking about philanthropism, that was the first thing that kept popping into my mind is we care an awful lot about what rich people do with their money and we may have a right to, and we may not, but that's like the first thing I kept thinking about, um, more so than the philanthropism aspect. Right. So what do you, what are your thoughts on, first of all, is this something that we even have a right to talk about? I don't know. I, I think it depends. I think, it, I think this is one of those subjects and and what other people do with the money in general that is kind of if they're doing something that is potentially causing harm Mm. then i think everybody's got a right to know what they're doing with that money and how where it's going and how they're spending it i think if it's a case of the they're just they're being neutral or they're helping people and I don't think it's really anybody else's business what they're doing with it. I certainly, I, I don't have a lot of money. If I did have a lot of money, I certainly wouldn't welcome somebody poking the nose into what I was doing with it. Right, yeah. So so my moral stance on it is very specific, right? Because there's what I think I should do. And this is like the same thing with things like, um, say, abortion or right to life and those kinds of topics is, there's what I think is right for me. And there's what I think we should regulate for other people. And those are two completely different things. So I don't like the idea of regulating other people's behavior, except for when we have to, right? Like, I think we should, regulations should be few and far between, and there should be really good justification for it. And so telling people how to spend their money in a regulatory sense or in a, in a um, legal sense, I think is a bunch of bullshit. Um, but then there's what would I do if I had that much money and would I allow as much of it as possible to, to trickle back into um, the system and try to help as many people as I can or give as many people opportunities as I can, or would I hoard it and hang on to it? Um, and so there, I think I have a moral responsibility of using that money responsibly and not just hoarding billions and billions of dollars. I struggle with whether or not to say that I think other, like making it a should or an ought for other people. I'd bathe in it like Scrooge McDuck. Oh my gosh. I was watching that just the other day as a matter of fact. Try jumping in a pool of coins. It's not, it's not going to be what you think. I nearly started singing the DuckTales theme tune then. Right. Listen, this is, this is a very serious thing, but it's also one of those subjects that, it's, you know, oh, do, do you speak about self-made millionaires and billionaires in the same way as you do with people who inherited money? 
And there's so many, so many different facets to this that it it's it's a very uh, interesting conversation to have, and it's one of those conversations where I don't think there's always always a right and a wrong answer to it. I think you've got to take every case on an individual basis, and you know, and see how they're doing, see what good they're doing, see you know whether the giving the money to good causes, bad causes, you know, the funding Donald Trump, <laughs> getting into <laughs> power, for instance. So, you know, as, as, as people do, you know, I don't know. There, there, there's a case with this, this, this sad situation at the moment where uh, Russia have invaded Ukraine. And, you know, the, I think, I mean, I'm not a big follower of football, so I'm sure someone will jump on me if I get this wrong. But the uh, the Chelsea owner has just handed his the club over because he's a Russian millionaire or billionaire or whatever he is. He's got a lot of money. He's got much more money than I have. And he's handed uh-huh. the club over uh, because of his position as a Russian and what's going on. Uh, wow. Some speculate that it's to uh, avoid getting... Uh, financial sanctions put on him as an individual i don't know that. I, I don't know the full situation but what what has happened is he's handed the club over to the trustees uh and that may be to protect his money it may be i, I don't know i don't know it's one of those difficult situations where it, it's you've got to take it on an individual basis and investigate the individuals on that basis rather than just labeling Everybody with it. You can't label if if he is doing it. Let's say he's doing it for nefarious reasons, and okay. he's trying to save his own back down the line. Right. Let's just say I'm not saying he is, but yeah. let's say he is. Yeah, yeah. You can't just turn around to every billionaire and say, right, they'd also do something for nefarious reasons just because he is. You know, right. you've got to take everybody on an individual basis. Right. Yeah, and you can't jump to conclusions without knowing the situation. And so that when you say individual, I think that you bring up a really good point and it might be good to kind of backtrack just a little bit and discuss what philanthropy even is. Right. Um, Because that that can be a little bit hazy. So basically a philanthropist is just someone who who uses their resources to do good for others. Right. And so you talk about billionaire philanthropists. There's many different ways they can do it. Um, the most obvious is just giving their money toward charitable things or for the good of others, which could be really, that alone is a really vague statement. Like what does for the good of others mean and what constitutes that um, or what all does it include? Um, but it could also be, you know, like building <coughs> foundations or um, or or um, like even hands-on work, like a billionaire could get in there and get their hands dirty and actually volunteer and do stuff. Um, so it can mean any number of things, but it's just that the general doing good for others. And that's where I kind of agree with you. It has to be personal one-on-one. Um, a lot, like I hear a lot of people saying like, oh, that, that rich person, they're just donating to cause X to get a tax write-off. I think that's a little bit jumping the gun. I think that's a little bit of like, um, I think we can be bigoted against rich people and we can be bigoted against poor people. Right. And so I think that is kind of that, a form of that where you don't know their intentions and you don't necessarily know that however many billions they donated or millions or whatever would even result in a tax break that makes that donation worth it. 
right? <laughs> like, I don't know how that works, but. I don't know how that works. And I think you, you, you touched on an interesting point. And I think my own point may have kind of glossed over this, uh, that it might not necessarily be a case that it's for good or bad reasons. It might be a mixture of the two. You know, when, when you were talking about the, like, I can't even Filling. say it. I knew I was. <laughs> that's the one. You know, the whole subject of our show, that one. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're, uh, the, the early, the kind of, uh, when that word <laughs> is mentioned, it, it, it draws to my mind the kind of early Christians, uh, missionaries, who were mm-hmm. going into like third world countries, uh, what were called third world countries at the time, and, and spreading the message, but at the same time building communities and, and, and giving infra- infrastructure and but also that was alongside kind of uh, 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 an empire building as well so it wasn't right. all a good thing you know it, it brought benefit to the communities uh, but at the same time it was like was it good was it bad would they have been better off without that empire there like sucking up the resources and and keeping or them in the, poverty the... The aggressive conversion, right? Like I went yeah. to, and I can't remember the name of the organization. I don't think I'd mention it online anyway, even if I did. But um, it was like, oh, I do remember and I'm not going to say it. So their whole thing is like bringing education and resources to um, third world nations or unindustrialized. And they, they build schools and stuff like that. And I thought it was great. I thought it was awesome. And like they, they put up this sort of um, display at a church that you can walk through. It's like very immersive and it kind of shows the types of living um, situations that some of these children are in um, and you can immerse yourself in it and then it asks you to donate and it's like oh that's all good and fine I'm really excited about that until you get to the end and the schools that they build are Christian schools and the kids are all given Bibles and they're all taught how to be Christians so in addition to being provided food and clothing and schooling and education they're doing it under the pretense that you have to now expose yourself to these teachings or you don't get that's how you get these services. Um, so there's no opt out like, oh, well, here's the services. Would you like this? Yes or no. In addition to the services, it's they come alongside the um, the the preaching and the the conversion, like the, the attempts at conversion. So I decided not to donate and I decided to find a company that is more secular. Um, and this is getting off of the the subject of philanthropy which is we're talking about billionaires and like rich people but these organizations are very similar you're you're doing an act of goodness you're doing an act of philanthropy is it at what point it's like the the waters get muddied when some of what you're doing is good and some of what you're doing is not so good or when that good comes with a price tag i i would like to think and i wouldn't i honestly can't say unless i was in that situation i would like to say if I had a price tag attached to me of that nature, that I would like to go and do good things for the sake of doing good things without any kind of caveat addressed right. to it. I'd like to go and build an infrastructure to someone without the need to spread an empire or without the need to spread a religion or in, indoctrinate people into things. I'd like to think that. Mm-hmm. Whether that would be the case, and I'd be able to do that without biases coming through if I was in that position, I don't know. And it doesn't have to be an extreme thing, of course. Right. You don't have to go out and like subdue a nation. You know? but, <laughs> right. Or end world like, hunger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
your, your biases can always come through. And who's to say that you're not going to like influence people that might end up being a negative influence, even if your intentions are the very best. Yeah. Okay. So now that actually brings it back around to actual billionaire philanthropy and away from like religious organizations. Um, you're right. You can do something um, that has a positive impact that's helping people, but you could do it for strictly political reasons or to gain some sort of clout or position or authority over the people. Um, so yeah, that's one of those things where good is still being done and you certainly don't want to stop that or dissuade the good from being done but how you can't really balance it out like regulatorily or with with laws or whatever you can't balance out the okay you can go and you can help these people but only if this or only under these conditions or um, it can't result in you having any sort of political leeway over them like it's just not possible like human human interconnectedness is just too complex so that's that's a good point you bring up like it's it's great if you're a foundation that's just providing water to the people right? Like I'm just providing clean water. Good. No, no sort of influence, no sort of agenda, no politics involved. But how would you determine when that line has been drawn? Like where, where is the line and it's been crossed? And then how would you regulate against that where it's, I mean, to me, it's very, very complicated. You almost can't. It is, it is complicated. And we've also got to bear in mind that I, I couldn't go and do this stuff on my own. I couldn't go and, and build a, a freshwater pipeline and build an infrastructure. I'd need, now, even if it was my money that was funding it, I would need help doing that. And I would need experts and businesses. And of course, they're going to have their influence on that then. So it's not just necessarily a case of the individual who, who, who's, who's well-intentioned, who has yeah. this influenced influence. There's going to be other people there as well who are, who are partaking in that. And this, we're going to be talking, if you're building, let's say, a, a reasonable infrastructure for a reasonable sized town, there's going to be hundreds, if not thousands of people involved in that process. Yeah. And, and no matter how well-intentioned you are, there's going to be some of them who are in it for, for the green. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting the way you, you, you're, you're talking. I was thinking my mind likes analogies. So as people are talking, I like to think of like, what does this relate to? Or what does it remind me of? And we have um, in the area where I live, it's a, it's a farming community. And we have one family, like one company that owns the vast, vast, vast majority of the land in this area. Um, And they're, they're a huge company. And I think about it and they do so much for the community. They have like, um, hiking trails that they maintain even on their property where you can come and you can like hike and there's a river on it and stuff. And, um, uh, they're, they're just, they're really invested in what I would consider to be philanthropy <coughs> to the town. Right. But they're also, they also have a vested interest in their company and the continued success. Right. And so part of that is keeping the local people happy and sort of maintaining that balance. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to think about it. And it's like their philanthropy, their presence in, in the town and what they do, I think is rather positive. And I don't, I don't know if there's any sort of conspiracy or negative politics or, or, you know, they bought out this person and it was this huge conspiracy. I don't know of any of that kind of stuff that, that may or may not have occurred. So I'm not specifically siding with them, but I'm kind of seeing sort of what you're talking about where 
whether it has a political objective or a financial objective for the business or the, the individual or not, if there's an overall positive outcome and there's no specific negative outcome or there's no undermining or illegal activity, I'm just trying to see like, is that I, I see, I see it from my perspective right now as a good thing, but I can also see where somebody would argue that maybe it's manipulative or maybe it's a bad thing, or maybe it's a power, like a power play or something like that. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? I don't, I think it's very interesting. And I was thinking as you were saying that about when you were saying you, you see it as a good thing and, you know, the people in the town who will probably benefit from this. Probably and all the jobs that they create. Yeah. Uh, but how many, how, how many, businesses are they up against and how many of them competitors are seen as that as a black bad thing how many boardroom meetings right. are going across where they're saying well x oh, family the mm-hmm. other town across a black male in there you know the people who live on their land to kind of keep them sweet we can't do that because we haven't got that kind of power but that's what's stopping us fairly compete against them is it yeah. unfair even yeah. So what, what responsibility, so there's, there's give and take, right? Like what responsibility does a large company have to the population, right? Like, um, see so they employ people, right? Like let, let's just look at something really big, like Amazon. Does Amazon have any obligation to the community in which it builds, say it's factories or whatever, or Tesla, like Walmart, you know, some of these really big, big companies, they move into these areas, they employ people, they do, um, stuff for the community, right? Maybe community outreach or maybe like volunteerism or um, I don't know. It could even be something like providing um, college for their employees, whatever. Like that might not be seen as philanthropy. I see it as like a gray area. Um, but there, there is a line where people think, okay, this is, this is not okay because, and like what you say, it eliminates the competition. It politics to where, you're just trying to get people to approve of your business or whatever. It's keeping things peachy keen for the business. Like, sure. I, I agree with all of that, that it's a possibility, but I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not quite convinced that it's nefarious. I think it's actually kind of smart. And I think it's, it almost sets up like a win-win if the business can thrive and win and the community can thrive and win. And then, the community supports the business and the business grows and the business gives back to the community. It becomes a symbiotic relationship. And that's when I think it works. Right. If Versus a, companies who will take advantage of a community. There's, there's a great book uh, called, uh, it's a very difficult read. Uh, uh, Small is beautiful by EF Schumacher, which hmm. is uh, all about like small economics and how being s- uh, not small as in the amount of money you make, but small as in you're not uh, you're not trying to overexpand. You mm-hmm. you 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 make sure that the the bottom of the rung get a fair fair deal, yeah. and and things like that, and that how that makes a successful business, and that's comparable. I was thinking about how comparable that is to what you were saying. Although it's not the people at the bottom of the business, it's the wider community as a whole. Mm-hmm the supporting and the, the community is supporting them in like that symbiotic relationship back. That that's very interesting, I think. Um 
I think there's there's something I want to talk about, but we are going to go to a commercial break in a minute. When we yeah. get back from the commercial break, what I want to talk about is when I think of billionaire philanthropy, I I kind of automatically think about people like giving to pre-industrialized countries right. or, or or continents and and going out there and giving their money to those people. Uh, I want to talk about how, how how many of those people do we think do it in their own country to the poorer people in their own country, or is it is it is it more practical for them to give it to other countries, or does it make them look better to people giving it to other countries rather than helping the poor? Oh, and like what's the motivation? Do they do it? Yeah, yeah. And, and do do they do they give money? But let's let's go to a commercial break and talk about that when we come back. Sounds good. Okay, so. <laughs> Before we talk about his own stuff, Laura and anybody else watching might have noticed. But... Bloody good film podcast. Bloody good film podcast. <laughs> I, I've got sent this uh, this bloody good t-shirt. This is not a paid advertisement, by the way, just for YouTube's benefit. I got sent <laughs> this because they're bloody cool people. Jossie and Jess sent me this shirt and a couple of other things because, you know, jo- Josh is a massive fan of our show. Josh from the Bloody Good Film Podcast. He's seen every single episode. He's a very brave man. Uh, yes, shout out to Josh and Jesse. They're 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 fantastic people to work with. And yeah, yeah I love Josh's and, feedback on Facebook too. Yeah, me me and Laura have been on their show a couple of times each, and you know Josh has been on here and uh, has done one of my shows as well. We've we've done some film <laughs> uh, <laughs> reviews of our own. Um, yeah, and it's, it's they've got a merch store. Go and check them out because they're bloody cool guys. And talking about merchandise, we oh, have our own merch store. Speaking of which, <laughs> we have our own merch store, which is also bloody good. And uh, we do all sorts of things on there. Laura, do you want to give us a rundown of the kind of stuff you can get on our merch store? Absolutely. Okay, so what I love about this particular store that we went with is you can kind of mix and match the logos and stuff that we've uploaded, the slogans with the items that you want. So if you want a specific item like a mug or a a glass or a pillow or a mouse pad, if you're one of the 10 people in the world that still has one, um, you can choose which logo or which slogan you like of ours, right? Like keep questioning. And then you can get it on whatever kind of merchandise you want. So yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, um, but it's a way to help us start to grow. We don't have a Patreon yet. Um, as of right now, we're doing everything free. All of our software, hardware, everything is either what we already had on hand or it's software that's free to use. So um, getting the merch store kicked off and then eventually getting other ways of funding the show will help us to get better software and um, get our equipment up to snuff. So check us out there. Um, if you want to follow us, if you've stumbled across us and don't know where to find us with any consistency, check us out on Linktree forward slash skeptic hangout. And that has all of our links. So whether you want to just hear our pretty voices or whether you want to see our wonderful faces, um, it's up to you. You can find us any which way. Um, you can hook up with us on Facebook where we have some pretty awesome conversations. Yeah, I love our Facebook discussion group. It's it's a fantastic thing wherever. There's a light, and people post on it. People just come and post on it. 
Right, that was the commercials. Back to the main feature. Okay, so before the commercials, I asked, uh, "What? Where do you think the focus lies in a lot of these billionaires? Where do you think they want to kind of go into pre-industrialized nations to kind of make an impression? Do you think they do that in favor of of giving money in their own country?" Uh, so what do you think about that, Laura? So I'm going to put all of my skepticism on the table and push it off to the side and guess. Because I have no freaking idea, right? <laughs> like, it's pretty impossible to guess at another person's intentions. Um, but just knowing, like, a little bit about business and a little bit about politics and, and such, um, I would have a few guesses. One could be, like, what you were saying, like, the um, it looks better or or they're getting more sort of kudos for it. But I think, honestly, um, it could be a couple of other different things. Like, there may be the perception of the greater need. And I think that actually could be a pretty accurate um, perception. Like, I heard somewhere, um, and I can't remember exactly how it was stated, but that the poor in our country live so much better than even, like, the middle class and poor in certain other countries. Um, Like, the poor in our country would be seen as somewhat having advantage, right, over the poor in other countries. So it may be perceived that that's the greater need. And I think I would agree. Then, the, But another possibility is, is something as simple as regulations and what can and can't be accomplished, right? So you want to, say, take on an urban improvement project in New York <coughs> City. It's going to be more complicated, more expensive, more regulated, a lot of politics. You've got to put it in front of boards and committees. But it might actually be simpler to just donate your money to a foundation that helps build houses for people in Africa or, or South America or wherever. So these are just guesses. I honestly have no idea, but, um, but I think it could, could vary from person to person and there could be different reasons why someone would choose to go abroad versus choosing to help in their own communities. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like you. It's very hard to, to kind of guess somebody's intentions. Um, I think I think what we tend to forget when we're talking about this thing is we're talking about billionaires in this episode. Yeah. That is a hell of a lot of money. A hell of a lot of money. And yeah. I, I don't know whether 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 when you're in that situation where you just feel like you want to give some away just as a matter of course, because you've got that much because there's only so much you can do with money. Right. you must get to, a, I saw an interview with um, who, And as far as I know, this guy isn't a philanthropist at all. Uh, I may be wrong, but Paul Stanley of Kiss, uh, I saw an interview with him once and uh, he said, what money gives you the opportunity to do is forget about money. Yeah. And and that that's always kind of stuck with me that you know I always think about that when I think about people with like huge bucketfuls of Scrooge McDuck amounts of money. But, <laughs> like mind boggling amounts of money. Right? <laughs> yeah. but, you know, they they don't have to think about it, they don't have to worry at all. And maybe it just makes them feel good giving money away. I mean, but, that's like the bottom line is like there there can be such a myriad intentions for why somebody would give their money away 
And I'm not even sure it's appropriate to guess at a person's intentions unless you really do see that what they're doing is sort of nefarious or illegal. Like certainly if they're using, say, uh, like a organization as a shell company for like, you know, um, moving money around illegally, right, or, or making it appear to be legitimately donated when it's when it's actually just being circulated back around or whatever. Like, I mean, that would be shitty and that would be wrong. But anything north of that, like anything where the person's actually helping, I almost want to say that their intentions don't matter. And if I just have so much stinking cash that I just want to give it away because I'm just bored with it or I just don't know what to do with it, I would say that's all well and good and fine. I think it's the outcome then at that point that really matters, right? Like what good is actually being done? Um, it's interesting because when I was talking <coughs> about billionaire philanthropy and what we were going to talk about, I, my mind went to, is it good or is it bad? Should they or shouldn't they? Is there a responsibility to, right? Like it's all the really nitty gritty, like let's get into the weeds of it, right? Um, and the biggest thing that I thought about was billionaires. Like why does any one person need a billion dollars? And and we're talking sustained wealth, not like, oh, if they yeah. sold all their businesses and if they liquidated all their assets, then totally they might scratch the surface of a billion dollars. We're talking about like actual like they have access to to copious amounts of money. My first thought went to the morality of it and like why doesn't more of that money trickle down to employees and back into the business? And that's why I wrote in the beginning the intro like is it any of our business, right? <laughs> like if I am capable of making a billion dollars and I could funnel everything but my living expenses back down to other people, would I do it for one and do I have a responsibility to do it for two? That to me is not so cut and dry as a simple yes or no. It is too too complicated for me to answer in a forty minute show. Yeah, and let's not forget these people are are, are sustaining that wealth. And but like thinking back to the kind of what I consider the original philanthropists, uh, the people who built the wealth off, like not necessarily uh, good trades in the sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth centuries, that kind of period. Mm-hmm. And you think about. And they had sustained wealth and probably in the region of like your Elon Musk's and Bill Gates in today's money. And they were building these big stately homes in Britain and and, and things like that with huge, huge tracts of land. When you look at their descendants now who are struggling to keep those properties up and running, Oh yeah, because they haven't sustained that wealth. They don't have that sustained business. It's inherited wealth versus earned wealth. Yeah, yeah, and and that that's an interest. I mean, we don't have time in the show, but that's another interesting kind of rabbit hole we could jump down. One thing I did want to talk about before we or ask you about Mm -hmm. before we went was the kind of do you think. And this again, this is rhetorical because I don't, I don't know the answer to this. So this, that that's, that's not what rhetorical means, is it? That's the second show. Rhetorical in a row. means you have the answer. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't need the answer to this. But I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> um, the um, do you think the in because we've talked about it, uh, like less developed countries mm-hmm. or less industrialized countries, but of course. When you think you can you can think about places like India when you think about that, and 
India's actually got some fucking rich people there. Yeah, their their wealth do, gap is just insane. That's all. Yeah, they've incredibly do, do you rich think, before. Do you think that the the kind of wealthy there are of like philanthropoth? Can't even get a fucking speak anymore. <laughs> that word. That, that, yeah. <laughs> Do, do you think they kind of have that same bent to help, uh, like spread the wealth and help build infrastructure and help poorer people, or do you think because of that wealth gap, they're more con- interested in kind of maintaining their own wealth? Yeah, I don't know. That's a really interesting question. That would almost be like a, a, a cultural study on on um, India's wealth or wealthy. Um, I don't, I don't have an answer, but I will say like when you do see those huge wealth gaps, that to me automatically is a red flag. And I think we have that here in the United States. I think we have re fucking ridiculous wealth gaps. Um, and so there's like this sort of give and take between how much should trickle back down into the population and be used to sort of build the, the commonwealth. Right. And how much, should be allowed to just be owned by the individual. And that, that does get really, really tricky because those people who have those billions. Okay. So let's say you have a crap ton of money and you're like, okay, well, this is more than I need. So I'm going to shove a bunch of it down. I'm going to either donate it or I'm going to create businesses and then I'm going to pay higher wages. Once that money is gone, it's gone. So you have the ability to help and make a difference in the moment, right? I have a billion dollars. I'm going to push it out to my employees. I'm going to pay them more money that money's now gone. I have to regenerate that money consistently in order to continue to push it down to them. So one argument for hoarding wealth is it gives you ongoing power to continue to build businesses and employ people and donate, right? Whereas once the money is gone, it's gone. So you talk about inherited wealth and how now these people are struggling. They're not philanthropists because they're struggling to keep their own properties afloat, right? And they're probably having to come up with other ways of generating wealth. But once you inherit that, say, a billion dollars or $10 million or whatever it is, once you've spent that money, whether it's on maintaining a property or whether it's philanthropy or whatever it is, maybe it's, maybe it's creating a business. Now that money is gone. And until you can produce more money, you can't have any more positive impact. So to me, it's a huge balancing act that I am glad I'm not wealthy because I'm kind of glad to not have to make those decisions of how much do I keep to keep the power, to be able to invest it in other businesses, right? To be able to have the clout to initiate changes or whatever the case may be, um, be able to help communities. And how much do I trickle down so that people could use it right then in the moment to buy things like food, right? And I, I think yeah. that when you get into the, the billions, I think you're a little out of balance. I think a little more can trickle down. I think people can be paid a little bit more in wages, I think, without you significantly losing just bananas amounts of money, right? I think that there's a little bit of an imbalance. That's my opinion, right? That's me, again, putting skepticism on the table and saying I don't really have a full picture or understanding of how that much wealth works and how you maintain it, <laughs> right? But I would yeah. think if you have billions you're probably hanging on to a little bit more than what's reasonably your share, right? Versus the other people in your company that could benefit. Yeah. And that, that, that's kind of, that, that takes us onto another rabbit hole that we really haven't got time to jump down about the kind of, should there be 
if if you are at the top end of a business, should there be kind of laws implemented which mean you can't earn X amount more than the lowest paid in the business, mm. which which is which which would either increase overall wealth or stop that kind of uh, massive amount of money accruing in the first place, none of which are tremendously bad things. <laughs> I don't think. Right. So look at like the owner of big, huge, ginormous company X, right? With his billions of dollars. If they're still employing tens of thousands of people and those people are actually being paired paid fair wages and i know that in some cases they're not and then that's bullshit right um but if that's the case whether or not that one person is hoarding millions or not is it hurting necessarily everybody else i don't i don't know my big thing is power and um flexibility to be able to continue to do stuff At, at what wealth do you have the clout to go and just start a business like Donald Trump style? Like, oh, I'm just going to buy this casino or I'm just going to start this business, right? And at what point are you earning just to maintain a lifestyle, but you don't really have enough um, footing or foundation to be able to really have an impact to spread, right? Like, I, I don't know. I think that it would take a lot of research for me to figure it out. I, I'm sure that research has already been done. I'm sure that there's like a person out there that knows here's exactly how a company can grow and be sustained and a um, billionaire or millionaire can continue to, to gain wealth and grow, but can take bigger chunks of that wealth and push it back into communities or back down to their, their, their uh, employees wages or back into volunteer or donation programs. Right? Like I'm sure that there's a way to rebalance it that's better than what we're doing now. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what that would be though. Like what's the magic. And I don't think that laws telling a person you're not allowed to be rich is the answer. (laughs) No, no, I, we're coming up to the end of the show. Um, What are your final thoughts on the whole kind of subject? Everything we've touched upon. Um, I don't know. Okay. So in terms of like philanthropy, I think the concept is a good one, period. Like I said, unless it's nefarious or legal activity, um, the more wealthy you are and the more you choose to do with that wealth that provides good, good, right? Like I'm all for philanthropists. Um, In terms of billionaires and the shoulds and their responsibilities, um, I think that's a personal code of ethics that each individual person as of right now, has to decide for themselves. And where we should draw lines as a society are, it's completely beyond my ability to comprehend or <laughs> wrap my mind yeah. around. What are your final thoughts? I, I tend to agree. I mean, if I, I said it at the top of the show, if if I ha- were, were in possession of that much money, I wouldn't want to be dictated to on how I should spend it. Right. But by the same token, I think regardless of how much money you've got, or even if you have none, there's nothing stopping you. In in our Western society, if you're reasonably comfortable, there's nothing stopping you going out 
and just doing that little bit, whether that's financially or time-wise, uh, you know, we can all we can all do a little bit, go out and help an elderly neighbour, mm-hmm. go out, you know, spend five minutes with them a day, just give them some time. We can all do our little bit, no matter what that is. You don't need to be a billionaire to go and help someone. Uh, and I think that's that that's the overarching message I think that I'd like to leave people with from this show because it you don't have to be a billionaire you can you can just have a crap wage like me <laughs> and volunteer like an hour a week at a soup kitchen yeah. or whatever the case may be yeah. yeah yeah no I like that I like how you turned the message into something sort of like that applies to everybody and not just billionaires um but yeah so everyone listening thank you guys for joining us for this show Um, This is one of the more unorthodox topics that we've covered. It's sort of somewhat random. And I know that there's a lot of controversy around it. I know there are some people who do believe that with great wealth comes great responsibility, right? And that there's an an ought or a should in there somewhere. So if you're one of those people, I really, really want to hear it on Facebook. I want to hear what you think and why. And especially if um, there are data to back it up, that would be really really great um because then we can generate some discussion and if you disagree with that and you are in the camp of live and let live and let the wealthy be wealthy um i want to hear about that too so let's get the discussion going on facebook but in the meantime it has been lovely talking to you all especially you mr richard and we will catch you next time bye see you all soon